tears I remember I cried when my father died Never wishing to cry the tears And at 65 years old My mother, God rest her soul Couldn't understand why the only man she had ever loved Had been taken Leaving her to start With a heart so badly broken Despite encouragement from me No words were ever spoken When she passed away Music, news, talk, and sports. WQKR Portland, 1270 AM and 101.7 FM. While the hosts and guests on this program are encouraged to express their views, they do not necessarily reflect those of the ownership or management of WQKR. based on the American ideal that nations like ours benefits when government reflects a diversity of voices and makes space for dissent. And that's why we're here, to air the voice of dissent to the supermajority's policies and ideas. I am your host, Len Asante. It is 5.02 p.m., 55 degrees and partly cloudy here in Portland at the municipal airport. Uh, clear with a slow temperature of 35 degrees tonight. It's getting cooler again, folks. Right, uh, and if you have any comments or questions for our guests or for me, remember you can text your questions in at 516-440-6310. That's 516-440-6310. Uh, and of course, you can always send it, leave us a message on our Facebook page at Loyal Oppo on Facebook. And remember, we are on Google Podcasts and, of course, online at www.theloyalopposition.online. Okay, tonight we have news about Governor Lee's transportation policy, the criminalization of drag shows, and the continuation of controversy in Cotton Town. Then we'll be speaking with our guest. Jesse McKinney, chair of the Sumner County Democratic Party. Let's start with the news. First up, transportation policy. Governor Lee released last week a proposed series of bills related to transportation initiatives in Tennessee, focusing on the idea of choice, toll road, toll, the addition of toll lanes to certain interstates to deal with congestion issues. The idea here is that the state would build additional lanes uh, and then work in a public-private partnership kind of way with uh, an outside company to uh, monitor and control these lanes and people would pay for the opportunity to use them. The idea is that you would pay to get to your destination faster. Uh, this is all part of a plan because of the reducing amount of sales of gas tax dollars coming into the state. The governor does not want to increase the gasoline tax anymore, uh, but the amount of money coming in is going down and our needs for new roads are going up. On the surface, folks, this makes sense, but if you think about it, it kind of doesn't. Now, those of you who've been around for a while, remember some years ago when 65 was three lanes into Nashville and it was bumper to bumper traffic all day long, all in the morning and afternoon during the drive, during the drive times. And so they expanded 65, five lanes, six lanes, seven lanes, even eight lanes wide in some places, rebuilt the overpass with Briley Parkway, Dickerson Pike, and so on. A huge project, and again, traffic is exactly the same as it was before the addition of all those new lanes and the expenditure of all those hundreds of millions of dollars. This is something that's called induced demand. Induced demand is basically if you build it, they will come. 
If you add more lanes to the highway, more people will use the highway. It uh, doesn't matter if there's more people moving in or there's more people out there, but the highway will just attract more users. So you can't really build yourself out of this problem. If you extend the highways from five lanes to ten lanes, you'll just have ten lanes worth of traffic instead of five lanes worth of traffic. There are many studies to support the idea that induced demand does nothing except make the road builders rich. And uh, in Tennessee, making the road builders rich seems to be priority number one for our Republican administration. A better choice to spend our transportation dollars might be on mass transit in our urban areas. Mass transit doesn't necessarily attract more vehicles, but rather it reduces the number of vehicles on the road, increasing the space for everyone else, and also brings traffic more efficiently into the urban cores of cities. So how about a little less road building and a little bit more thought about a statewide mass transportation initiative? It's time that Tennessee moved into the 21st century where we can get out of traffic jams without having to build more lanes, and especially lanes that you'd have to pay to use. All right, number two in the news, criminalizing drag shows. Our legislature uh, has shown some recent interest in the desire to criminalize the production of drag shows and the presentation of drag shows where children might be present. The idea is that drag shows appeal to the purient interest, therefore are indecent and sexually exploitive, and therefore our children should not be exposed to them. Okay, this shows two major problems. Number one, a lack of understanding of exactly what a drag show is. There are all sorts of drag shows. Uh, most of which have nothing to do with sex, but are more for entertainment purposes. There are even storytelling drag shows out there. Uh, so to lump all drag shows as something that appeals to the purient interest and therefore outlawing them to ch where children might be present uh, doesn't make any sense. Secondly, the continual marginalization of different groups of people in our state just is not good public policy and does nothing but harm people and make people feel like they're unloved and they're unwanted. Uh, creating groups of others that people can dislike and oppose uh, creates fear, creates hatred for no reason whatsoever. Finally, Cotton Town. The con controversy in Cotton Town continues. As listeners remember, the Sumner County Commission is working on an idea to pass off some property that the county owns called the Bridal House property in the Cottontown community. Cottontown is between Portland and Gallatin, for those of you who may not know. Uh, and the idea to, is to save the county money. However, the presence of the property on the county's books does not cost any money. In fact, there is an account provided by the sale of furnishings from within inside the bridal house that actually pays for the upkeep of the property. Instead, the opposite is happening. Instead of saving money, it looks like the county's going to have to spend money. Why? Because we're going to have to hire an outside law firm with the cost of that borne by the taxpayers to defend the county commission from not one but now two different lawsuits that have been filed against it regarding this issue as well as other issues. Okay. Supposedly, the goal of getting rid of the property deeded to the county by the former owner is to save money, but really, the, it seems like the idea is to spend money uh, defending against lawsuits that had no reason to exist before the current county commission came to be. Interestingly enough, the entity that the county commission wants to wants to trade the property to, a, a nonprofit called the Cottontown Country Community, uh, is a brand new nonprofit. Uh, I can't find any information about it on the Secretary of State's websites. Uh, and there are differing opinions on whether this, this has been registered as a 501c3 or a 501c4, or if it's been registered at all. The interesting thing is 501c4s are allowed to engage in certain political activity, and so therefore they cannot receive uh, county property. Also interesting is some of the some of the people involved in this Cotton Town country community were also were substantial campaign contributors, donors to some of the county commissioners during last year's election. 
I've got the campaign contribution photographs in front of me, and they show a couple of $1,000 donations to county commissioner candidates and to county mayor John Isbell. So what's going on here, folks? It's too early to know. <coughs> Excuse me. On the one hand, this is a new commission that is still, get, still learning the lay of the land and learning how to govern. But on the other hand, the county commission chair is Merrill Hyde. Merrill's been in county politics for 30 years now. He knows what's going on. He knows how things work. Merrill, why aren't you controlling these people and doing a better job of making sure the county commission serves the people, not its own special interests? More on this issue in future shows, I am sure. Well, we're going to take our first break now. When we come back, we'll speak to our guest, Jesse McKinney. You're listening to The Loyal Opposition. CEMC's prepaid billing program gives members the freedom to make payments when it suits their schedules. Instead of paying large lump sums on a fixed due date, prepaid members have the freedom to make payments in increments that fit in their budget. With only a minimal deposit and no late fees, prepaid can provide the peace of mind of knowing that you're in control of your electric account. Make payments over the phone, online, at any CEMC business office or outdoor payment kiosk. Visit CEMC.org for more information. The Sumner County Anti-Drug Coalition, an organization dedicated to ending drug abuse, is now the Sumner Prevention Coalition. But their goal is the same, helping Sumner County residents with drug abuse problems turn their lives around and get on the road to recovery. Their mission is to unite people with vision, commitment, and resources to provide solutions to eliminate substance abuse and make a difference for youth, families, and individuals in Sumner County. The coalition and its staff of experienced professionals in the field envision a healthy, safe, and thriving community free from substance abuse of all kinds, tobacco use, prescription drug abuse, and underage drinking. Find out how the Sumner Prevention Coalition can help you, and you can help the coalition. Visit them online at SumnerCoalition.org. That's SumnerCoalition.org. Now's the time to get a great deal on proven Kubota farming equipment. Tractors that are adaptable, versatile, and rated number one in durability and owner experience. Hay tools that are backed by a two-year warranty. And durable sidekick utility vehicles and SSV skid steers. Right now, bring home select Kubota equipment for zero down, 0% APR for up to 48 months. Now through September 30th. Visit KubotaUSA.com for full details. Whether you're on your way to work in the morning and looking to grab a quick breakfast, on lunch break and wanting something good and hot and quick, or just hungry and not sure what you want, the one place you can always find what will work for you is AM Express at the intersection of highways 31 and 52, just off exit 117 of I-65 in Portland. They're open 24 hours a day, offer both takeout and Grubhub delivery service, and have the biggest selection of fast food of anyone in the area. Fast food or home-cooked meals, meat in two sides, just six forty-nine. Delicious Godfather's Pizza, three for thirteen ninety-nine. Fried chicken, chicken strips, livers and gizzards, hot barbecued and crispy wings, fish, potato wedges, onion rings, the biggest and best selection anywhere. And Quiznos subs, always hot and ready to go, plus everything else you want to need from a truly convenient convenience store. AM Express at the intersection of Highways 52 and 31, just off exit 117 of I-65 in Portland. Get what you want when you want it. Pick it up or have it delivered by Grubhub. AM Express, 615-325-1159. Welcome back, Sumner County. You're listening to The Loyal Opposition on WQKR. I'm your host, Len Asante. It is 55 degrees, partly cloudy in Portland at the Municipal Airport, going down to a low of 38 degrees tonight. 
All right. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. This is our first show of the new year. I hope everyone had a great holiday season. Um, now we're back, starting from scratch with a brand new year. Welcome to 2023. And welcome to the show, Jesse McKinney. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited for the new year as well. Excellent. Excellent. Can't be much worse than the last couple. Huh? <laughs> uh, all right, Jesse, why don't we start... Um, uh, why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself, who is Jesse, and what strange life journey landed you in that seat next to me? Um, why are you here? <laughs> All right, that's a great question. You know, um, I'm actually born and raised in central Illinois and um, grew up in a kind of rural manufacturing area of the state. When I tell people I'm from Illinois, they automatically think Chicago, but actually it's about three hours south of Chicago. So um, grew up with cornfields in my backyard and manufacturing plants down the street. And it was about 10 years ago that my husband and I decided to move to lovely Hendersonville, Tennessee. <laughs> we decided that we were looking for a place with a little bit more opportunity and being close to Nashville seemed like a great move for us. And we had family that lived in Sumner County and we just fell in love with Sumner County. It had, you know, the feel of kind of that hometown, small town, but also the opportunities and the proximity to the bigger city. So we've been in Sumner County now for 10 years. And during that time, I have done the commute into Nashville. So when you were talking about 65 in traffic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember those days. And I'm very happy that I am not doing that anymore. <laughs> but, um, yeah, recently I'm here in Sumner County, and I really enjoy where we're doing and kind of where we're going. But over the last few years, it seems like I've noticed a shift in Sumner County. Um, and it felt like it was a little less welcoming than it was when I first mm. came here 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. A little bit more division, a little bit more judgment. And I realized that that's when I needed to get involved in advocacy. And that kind of is what brought me into working politically and sitting next to you. Okay, so you are currently the chair of the Sumner County Democratic Party, is that right? That's correct. All right. And what are you thankful for this holiday season, besides being chair of the Sumner County Democratic Party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, what I really enjoyed this past holiday season, these last couple of weeks, was just a time to slow down. I mean, from working, my kids are busy, it just seems like... It's just one thing after the next. And the last couple of weeks have been nice. Been thankful for an opportunity to just slow down and spend some time with my family. And I think I'm lucky because my teenagers still like to hang out with me. So it was nice <laughs> to spend some time with them while they were home from school. Are your kids in the Sumner County Public Schools? They are. I've got two uh, sophomores at Hendersonville High School. So you've been probably following some of the... Uh... Yeah. School board issues that have been going along yes. lately. This book yes. banning stuff and all that. I, I know we weren't kind of scheduled to talk about that, but did you have any thoughts on that when, when you heard all that come up? Yeah, you as know, a that's, parent? that's one thing that has really angered me um, since the new school board and new county commission has uh, been sworn in is just the rampage that it seems like they're going on against our public schools and our public school teachers. Um, my kids have spent their entire education career in Sumner County schools, kindergarten through now 10th grade. And, you know, I've been very pleased with their education, very pleased with their teachers. And um, yeah, that's something that's actually really angered me. It felt like uh, the schools were being pawns and our teachers were not being supported. So um, I have been following along, but at times I also have to step back for a little bit of my own sanity. Of course, sure, sure. And, and you have some expertise in this area. I mean, your, your day job is, you're, you're a teacher yourself, right? Correct, an English teacher. So you, you know what you're talking about, right? Okay. Um, all right, so as chair of the Sumner County Democratic Party, the first question I guess we have to ask is, what exactly is the Sumner County Democratic Party? What yeah. is it? What does it do? What are the goals? You know, a lot of people that I meet don't realize that we have a local county Democratic Party, and we do. Um, just as we have a national political party, the National Democratic Party, we have a state 
Tennessee Democratic Party, and then we also have county Democratic parties. And so the county party is charged with advancing the Democratic Party, its ideals, and its candidates in the county. So the Sumner County Democratic Party is here to support Democrats in Sumner County. Um, you know, we really don't get involved in national issues. Uh, we get a little bit of involvement and support in state issues and state races, but our bread and butter, what we mostly do is here focused on Sumner County. So some of the priorities that we've had since I took over as chair in 2020 um, have been to rebuild um, the party. Uh, after COVID hit, we had to cease in-person meetings and in-person activities. And just like a lot of organizations and a lot of advocacy groups as well, you know, we, we're just kind of re-energizing our volunteers and getting people back together, spreading the word that we're here, that we exist, and then of course, doing our best to help get Democrats elected locally. A tough job. It can be a tough job here in Sumner County, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's not as bleak as a lot of people may assume. Yeah, actually, uh, over, the last, over the last year, we the, the good guys actually scored a, a couple wins here and there, didn't they? We have, you know, and if you look at um, presidential races, we've got a pretty solid 30% of the county that votes uh, for the Democratic presidential candidates or mm -hmm. votes in a Democratic presidential primary. So, yeah, it's not a majority. And, you know, we're never going to turn Sumner County blue in the next five or 10 years. That's definitely not our goal. Um, but I think what we're fighting for is just to have a little bit better representation for those of us who are here because our county is not 100% red. There are a sizable numbers of us who have different points of view and we're not being represented locally. So that's really what we're striving for. Exactly. And that's, and you know, and that, that's exactly the idea behind this show. I mean, I'm, I'm, the idea is that uh, it's a good thing when there are different voices being heard and that government reflects that diversity of voices because from that diversity uh, come the good ideas exactly. right? and come the good legislation. Uh, so you have the voices of dissent have to be heard uh, and the voices of dissent have to feel comfortable being heard too. They should feel welcome. Uh, and that's one of the things I like, I like to try and do on this show is to, is to make people with alternative perspectives and some of the issues that our listeners normally might hear have a little bit of a different perspective, but give them a welcome environment to talk about that. Um, because it is only through talk, through conversation, through communication, through debate, that we solve the problems that confront us. Exactly. Um, okay, uh, excellent. So uh, what does the chair do specifically? Yeah, so the chair is... I assume everything, right? <laughs> yeah, the chair does a little bit of everything. Um, the chair is an elected position. So we do have an executive committee that governs our local county party, and those are elected leader positions, and the chair is one of those. And so as chair, uh, I set the strategy, I set the course for what we're doing, um, and, you know, from there, um, build relationships, and get people involved, um, try to make, I especially over the last two years have tried to make an effort to reach into different communities and reach out to different people whose voices we haven't been listening to in the Democratic Party. So um, just trying to you know, build better relationships and build coalitions of people um, and get their concerns and their ideas and their um, interests into our party. So, you know, that is one of the things that I've been charged with as chair and have really been focused on doing is to really grow our party and make everyone feel welcome who wants to participate. Excellent. Excellent. Um, you said you were elected to this position in 2020. Yeah, it actually was 2021. And now that I said that, okay. the COVID years blur together, <laughs> but it was the summer of 2021. And so how long is your term? It's two years. So every two years, the county party has a reorganization where we come together as local Democrats and we elect our new executive committee and we pass a uh, set of bylaws that you know govern how our organization will be run over the next two years. So that's gonna be coming up this spring 
It will be sometime late March, early April. Mm -hmm. um, we're still finalizing the day and time of that, but that's an open meeting for anyone who supports democratic ideals to come and be an active participant. Um, you know, we're welcome to raise your hand and run for a position. I had not served in the local county party before I ran for chair. So right. you don't need a lot of experience to do this. You need a lot of passion um, and you mm. need a little bit of a thick skin to, sure, to stick with it. I know, mm. Len, you were chair, I think, maybe two terms before I was elected. I guess so. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. So I know you have experience with that. So, um, yeah, we'll be reorganizing in spring of 2023. And I invite anyone that would like to come support our party you know, check it out, see what it's about, and consider stepping into one of those leadership roles because, you know, we need more diverse voices so we can represent the Democrats of Sumner County better. Okay, excellent. And of course, we'll have more information on that event as it gets solidified and as it comes closer. Uh, we'll talk about it on our show, of course, and then we'll probably talk it with the new officers uh, once they are elected. Um, and again, folks, if you have any questions for our guest, uh, wondering about how all this Democratic Party stuff works, feel free to give us a text at 516-440-6310. That's our text number, text in a question, and uh, if we have time, we'll get to it on the show, and we'll get your question answered. Uh, you can also leave us a message on our Facebook page at Loyal Oppo on Facebook. Okay, so uh, Jesse, um, I personally um, on this show have argued that um, the Tennessee legislature, our elected representatives, uh, is actually a more conservative group than the state as a whole. Uh, that they consistently vote against the will of the majority of Tennesseans. Uh, Medicaid expansion, gun control, abortion rights, are all examples of this, where the majority of Tennesseans, based on polling data, uh, say they want X, uh, but the legislature uh, gives us Y. Um, and they seem perfectly all right with that, and they don't really seem to care that they are not representing the majority of Tennesseans. Uh, that's, uh, that's obviously just my opinion. What's, what's your take on that? Do you think our legislature is representing us as a whole? I don't. Um, I think your take is pretty spot on. Um, I also agree. I think our state legislature, we have a supermajority of Republicans. Um, they definitely lean more far right than I think the average Tennessean does. And I think because, as you mentioned, we don't have dissent, we don't have different voices coming into those chambers. And what happens is you get groupthink and you get people who are swinging as far right as they can because you know they have to prove that they're the most Republican or the most conservative out of the bunch. And you know I think part of that can be traced back to again the supermajority where. We have state races being decided in primaries, and primaries exactly. historically do not have high voter turnout. So the people that are motivated to come out and vote in a Republican primary um, are tend to be a small number, number one, and also the more extreme bunches of the people. It's the same thing that I think you'll find in the Democratic Party. Sure, it is um, the same. It's going yeah. to be the more extreme Democrats that are coming out to vote in a Democratic primary. And so what happens is you get someone elected into a state house position in a Republican primary. And so the differences between the two candidates in that primary, they're gonna highlight the most extreme ex versions of that political party. It would be the same thing if we had a supermajority um, of Democrats in the House and we were having races being decided in Democratic primaries. It's going to just bring out the more extreme side of each right. political party. Supermajorities are not healthy, are inherently not healthy, either, either side, yes, okay. Um, Interesting. The uh, since the only the ex the most extreme party loyalists vote in the primaries, we get races decided in the primaries, like you said, and also like you said, in the August primary in Sumner County, only fourteen point five percent of the people voted. Exactly. So you have extraordinarily low voter turnout, and you have 
the, the voters that do turn out are, as you said, the most extreme part of the base of the Republican primaries. Uh, and so you're naturally going to have people who elect, who are elected based on what a very small minority of people want in their representatives, not in what the majority wants. I agree. And I think the other thing that comes into play is once they've been elected, they fear for their reelection more than they care about doing the will of the people that they represent, knowing that it is a supermajority, knowing that if they don't cater to the whims of the more extreme voters who voted for them, they're going to face another candidate in the next primary and get primaried and perhaps lose their seat. Exactly. And, and as a result, you get this, what I like to call a legislative theater, where <laughs> these bills are introduced that, you know, are not exactly at the top of the list of the pressing problems that confront us as a state or a nation but are red meat for the political base. Oh. You know, so let's like, attack transgendered rights. Uh, let's attack... Drag shows. Let's attack drag shows. <laughs> let's, attra let's attack uh, health care for transgendered kids. Let's attack abortion rights. Um, but, you know, let's ignore the, the big problems that we have as a state, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, we were, I was reading one article where they were talking about the, uh, you know, a, wanting to put a clamp down on the drag shows so that kids can't see them. And they were asked, well, give us an example of when there was a, you know, a minor at a drag show where there was, you know, improper, impurient sexual behavior, and they couldn't come up with one. It's a problem that doesn't exist. Uh, but it looks good in the newspapers and on the Facebook pages, I guess. Huh? Okay. Uh, it is time for our next break, Jesse. So good stuff. Uh, more with Jesse McKinney when we come back. Uh, you're listening to WQKR, The Loyal Opposition, with your host, Len Asante. At the Farmers Bank, we want to be your bank for life. We work hard to bring you the products and services that will meet your financial needs no matter where life may take you. Whether you're saving for college, ready for retirement, getting ready to marry, or celebrating your golden anniversary, we're here for you. Visit us online at thefarmersbank.net or at any of our 11 area locations to learn more about how the Farmers Bank can be your bank for life. The Farmers Bank, equal housing lender, member FDIC. Hey, join me, Kenny Mann, right here on the queue for the Man Show every Saturday night. You don't want to miss it. I have a time machine. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a That's exactly what I'm saying. I did build a time machine out of DeLorean, and all I've got to do is get you in it. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. It's going to be a lot of fun. You don't want to miss it. It's every Saturday night right here on the queue. Oh, my. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. If you were about to have your last McRib ever, you'd want some warning. So this is your notice to enjoy the sauciest McDonald's sandwich more than ever. Because the McRib Farewell Tour has begun. This is your chance to say two final goodbyes to a classic. For a limited time, enjoy two McRib sandwiches for only $6. Hurry before they're gone. At participating McDonald's, McD app download and registration required. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Now you can join Planet Fitness and get the PF Black Card for zero enrollment, $24.99 a month, and get all the perks. I love perks. Do you love having access to 2,000-plus locations? Yes. Bringing a friend every time? Hashtag friend goals. And recovering with massage chairs? Who doesn't? Get the PF Black Card and feel spectacular. Zero enrollment, $24.99 a month. See Club for details. Still going strong, Steve Austin Music has been a leading provider of instruments and lessons since 1999. They also offer repairs, parts, books, and DVDs at 115 Main Street in Portland. This is Steve. It's exciting to see new items coming in almost every day. Check out our new and used stringed instruments, effect pedals, drums, keyboards, pianos, and band instruments, plus reeds, straps, audio gear, and accessories. 
Steve teaches guitar, banjo, fiddle, harmonica, bass, drums, dulcimer, mandolin, auto harp, recorder, and voice. He performs monthly at Alice Taca Mexican Restaurant, 121 Main Street in Portland. Stop and see me at 115 Main Street or call 615-323-0701. Steve Austin Music, a Portland, Tennessee tradition since 1999. You're listening to the Loyal Opposition here on WQKR. We're calling the Q now, I guess. So you're listening to the Q. 101.7 FM, 1270 AM, and of course, WQKR.com. All right, we're speaking with Sumner County Democratic Party Chair Jesse McKinney here tonight on this 56-degree, partly cloudy evening, low tonight of 30. Five degrees. It is 5.35 p.m. And again, if you've got any questions for our guests or for the show, give us a text at 516-440-6310. All right, Jesse, let's continue our discussion about, uh, let's get a little bit more local with our politics, I guess. Um, the legislature, our wonderful Tennessee legislature, starts up again later this month. The January through May period is usually a pretty scary time in Tennessee. You know, the legislature's in session, and you never know what they're going to come up with. But actually, we kind of do know what they're going to come up with, because they've already filed some bills, even though the session hasn't even start, started with. We are seeing some bills already filed that don't seem to, in your words, line up with the priorities of the average Tennessean. Let's talk about a couple of them. Which ones would you like to talk about? You know, I am going to go to HB 0001. That All right, one, let's start at the top, 001. Yeah, the yeah. very first bill filed um, by uh, Portland's William Lamberth, and it is to prohibit health care providers from performing gender-affirming health care on trans minors. So this was the very first bill. That was filed, and as you mentioned, it shows where the priorities lie from our legislators. This is the top pressing issue, apparently, in the whole state of Tennessee, that it needs to be the first bill filed. Um, so, and this, what I've seen from the summary uh, filed so far, it would um, prohibit doctors or healthcare providers from administrating medical procedures or medical care if the purpose is to enable a minor to identify as or live as an identity inconsistent with the gender ascribed at that minor's birth. So we've seen this in the news a lot over the last year. And um, this is another instance where it's, like you said, it's just attacking a group of people that is misunderstood. Um, I don't know how many trans minors that William Lambert knows personally. How many parents of trans children that William Lamberth knows personally that have talked to him about the importance of gender-affirming health care? Um, I'd be curious to see how many people he's spoken with and, you know, if he's heard their side of this story. Well, we're going to have a couple of different experts on the show in the coming months, actually, to talk about these things in more detail. And hopefully uh, Representative Lamberth will at least be listening in to find out uh, well, the other side of the story, right? Exactly. Like, this is, I, I just have to put in here. Please. Len, you know, the last year or two, especially regarding COVID and whether or not students should be wearing masks in schools and whether or not students should be vaccinated against the flu or COVID, there was a big rallying cry of parents' rights. Don't, you know, parent my children. The parents should have the right to, to make decisions sure and exactly. what this bill is doing is taking away parental rights it's taking away the rights of parents to consult with medical professionals on the care of their children so i just don't understand how you can be for parental rights and then file a bill to take away parental rights 
Exactly. Okay. All right, that's one. What else we got? Yep, another one that we've got that's coming up that I am going to be watching with interest is actually um, filed by Senator Lamar out of Memphis. And this bill would require a person to obtain an enhanced or concealed handgun per carry permit to carry a handgun in certain counties. So we know a couple of years back, our state uh, legalized permitless carry. So now um, it is legal for most people to carry a gun, a uh, concealed gun in public without needing to do any safety training or live fire shooting demonstrations or trainings of any of that sort. Even me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know your background, but I'm assuming you can pass one. <laughs> I'm assuming you can pass that background check, Len. But um, so what this would do is allow certain counties to state that they do not want to allow permitless counties carry in their county and for instance in memphis it would be shelby county they could potentially be able to decide in shelby county we want everyone to go through that permitting class to be able to conceal carry wow local control that sounds like an almost republican kind of thing doesn't it uh you know it does doesn't it <laughs> okay um senator lamar i served with her for a while on the state party executive committee a few years back and uh she is a force to be reckoned with, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. So, Okay, uh, let's see. I've got um, another one here that I, I want, hope that you can comment on. Um, we, uh, we are looking at HB0009, filed by Representative Todd, creates an offense for a person who engages in an adult cabaret performance on public property or in a location where the adult cabaret performance could be viewed by a person who is not an adult. So basically an attempt to criminalize drag shows. So it looks like this bill, what this bill does is put drag shows in the same bucket as uh, adult cabaret performances, which is just legal talk for strippers. <laughs> um, and uh, making it an offense to do that where that performance could be viewed by a person who is not an adult. So any chance of a minor somehow sneaking in, and that would automatically become illegal. And so this is what we were talking about just before the break, wasn't yeah, it? We're, it? We're taking a group of people and we're making some pretty awfully big generalizations about them, aren't we? We are, and you know, I don't know. Are, do you, are you a Dancing with the Stars fan? Have you been watching? <laughs> I am watched not that? a Dancing with the Stars fan. <laughs> well, I'm not a huge fan, but I did watch this last season. It was on Disney Plus, um, and they had a drag queen um, as one of the stars. And at the, he made it all the way through to the end, and then on his very last performance, when he was uh, in the finale, he had his male uh, pro dancer dress in drag and they did a drag performance and it was the most entertaining the most energetic so fun um you know performance of the entire evening and that was on disney so <laughs> <laughs> well we know disney you know there you know yeah yes but it, it was not <laughs> of, of a sexual that... nature um it was it was just good clean fun exactly it, it, it was good clean fun I, i've been reading a little bit about um drag shows and this they history goes history of drag shows go back hundreds of years this is not a new thing uh and and this has been i mean shoot uh in shakespearean times yes. for example um even female roles in plays were usually performed by men dressed as women mm -hmm. uh, and it was very obvious it was a drag sort of performance mm -hmm. exactly it's a drag sort of performance and so and it's evolved from that over over time, and you know that's 400 years. So, I, I you know I think uh, again this is you know not something that's been bubbling up as a problem, um, certainly not recently. Okay, uh, well I guess we should talk about abortion too. Yeah, that's, that's one right. Going to say let's talk about a good bill. Okay. We've been going through some of the bad ones here, but All right, lay it on yeah, us. Yeah, we've got HB 0010. This one's filed out of. Um, a Democratic uh, representative from Chattanooga. And what it would do is specify that the offense of criminal abortion does not include an abortion that was necessary due to medical emergency affecting the physical or mental health of the pregnant person or performed on a patient whose pregnancy was the result of rape or incest. So 
we have been uh, talking about our no exceptions abortion law here in Tennessee for the last few months. And I think a lot of people did not realize that when our trigger um, ban went into effect, it is a total ban on abortion. There are no exceptions. Um, and what this bill would do, it looks like it would be creating the exceptions for the life, uh, the physical and mental health of the pregnant person, as well as a pregnancy that comes from rape or incest. I think this is one of those areas um, where we see people tend to stay in the middle on abortion rights and abortion. Um, the polling and the information that I've seen shows very few people wish abortion to be illegal in every instance, and very few people wish abortion to be legal in every instance. Right. Most people right. believe there's a murky middle um, where there are some cases where abortion should be legal and readily available, and then maybe other circumstances when it should not be. So I'm interested to see what the House does with this bill. Right now, I did not see a companion bill filed in the Senate yet, so I'm not sure if this one's going to take off or not, um, or if it'll just kind of stay languishing here. Well, what I, what I imagine will happen is that the Republicans have been talking about modifying the law as well, and what I assume will be a, a Republican will introduce a bill that will supersede the Democrats' bill so the Democrats don't get any yeah. credit for And you it. know what? Right. I'm fine with that. Right. A good governance matters more than um, party. Exactly. Ex exactly. This, that, this is you know, some of the issues we're talking about here are, are more than or beyond ideology or beyond politics. It's just a matter of, of good governance. What is good public policy uh, that, uh, you know, gives people the most freedom possible while maintaining our society? And it's... it's uh, seems like sometimes we get away from that, that basic idea. Okay, so we've got a mixture of good bills and bad bills, and like we said, the legislative session hasn't even started yet, so more will be coming. Uh, I don't know if everyone knows this, but everyone can track these bills, read about them, see who filed them, and see their progress as they go through the legislature by going to the legislature's website uh, and um, uh, clicking the... Uh, clicking either the individual legislator who you're interested in following what legislation they may, or you can do an individual bill search. Uh, and, I can, and I will post the state legislative website um, on our show's website so people can access that information. Uh, it's good to know what your legislators are up to. Because uh, one of the things I found is, is oftentimes the, the things that the legislators brag about at the Chamber of Commerce breakfasts and the editorials submitted to the newspaper aren't the same things that other people are complaining about. <laughs> so um, uh, so let's, uh, let's see what comes up in this next session. Okay, uh, we've got uh, one more break we're going to take right now. When we come back, we're going to finish up with Jesse McKinney. You are listening to WQKR. How many financial advisors does it take to ruin what could have been a perfectly secure retirement? Just one. With today's market turmoils, it's never been more important to make sure that your investment strategies are aligned with your retirement objectives. That's why you should always seek a second opinion with an experienced financial advisor, a fiduciary who is obligated to work with your best interest so that you're absolutely certain the tools and strategies that you're using are in harmony with your retirement objectives. Call investment advisor representatives Nathan Cox and Lindsay Cotter of Retirement Income Solutions at 833-299-1416. That's 833-299-1416. It's never been more important to make sure that your investment strategies are aligned with your retirement objectives. That's 833-299-1416. Hey, join me, Kenny Mann, right here on the queue for Wednesday night's Triple Play Sports. It's every Wednesday, and Elijah Jacobs, Phil Tucker, that's Triple Play, and it's right here on the queue. Man, we're talking sports. You don't want to miss it. See you there. Planet Fitness Triple Play Sports, every Wednesday night from 6 until 9 on WQKR, broadcast live and on location from Planet Fitness in downtown Portland. WQKR
For convenience and cost efficiency, a gas-heated home is your natural choice with natural gas provided by Portland Natural Gas. When you have natural gas in your home, you can have savings in your bank account. Natural gas is the most efficient energy source and can save you up to hundreds of dollars a year compared to other fuels. So for the energy cost you can live with, make the natural choice. Natural gas from Portland Natural Gas. For more information, call 325-6776. In the Portland, Gallatin, Hendersonville, and Springfield area, you'll find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle at Reiselman Buick GMC, 2516 Memorial Boulevard in Springfield. Hello, WQKR listeners. This is Courtney Reiselman from Reiselman Buick GMC, and thanks to you, we're the fastest-growing dealership in the Nashville area. Here's the thing. Our goal is every customer, every time. Our name is Buick GMC, yet we buy pre-owned vehicles all over the country. Mercedes, Toyota, Honda, just let us know and we'll find it. Did you know our collision and body shop is top rated? Bring it to us and we'll fix it right the first time. Todd, I, and the team thank you for your support and appreciate your business. We look forward to seeing you. In the Portland, Gallatin, Hendersonville, and Springfield area, you'll find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle at Reiselman Buick GMC. Open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. until 7.30 p.m. and 8 till 6 on on Saturday at 2516 Memorial Boulevard in Springfield. Good evening, Sumner County. Uh, you're back. We're back uh, here at the Loyal Opposition. 5.51 p.m., 56 degrees, partly cloudy here at the Portland Municipal Airport. Finishing up our conversation with Sumner County Democratic Party Chair Jesse McKinney. And again, uh, any questions for Jesse, text him to 516-440-6310. Okay, Jesse, locally we see a lot of Democrats who believe that voting in Republican primaries or running candidates as independents is the best way to influence local politics since allegedly Democrats can't win in Sumner County. As chair of the Sumner County Democratic Party, what do you say about that? You know, this is a conversation that I've had with a lot of people (laughs) this past year as we had our primary and then our local county elections. You know, um, we win when we stand up and we're proud to be who we are. We win when we come together as Democrats and we're not ashamed of who we are and our values. So um, absolutely, um, Democrats can win in Sumner County. They can't win every race in every commission district in Sumner County because, you know, we are still the minority of voters who vote right now. However, we know that Democrats can win. When we look at this last county commission race, we had District 13 end in a tie with Democrat Brenda Dotson receiving the exact same number of votes as her Republican opponent. Rather than going and putting that choice back to the people of that district, our all Republican county commission decided to appoint her Republican opponent. But we know that one vote, we can win. So, we can get one vote, right? Yeah, we can get, there's one yeah. vote out there oh, somewhere, yeah. there, right? There's one vote, I'm sure, that was turned away and not offered a provisional ballot or went to the wrong precinct and then decided, oh, it's too much of a hassle, got called into work or couldn't get childcare. Those votes are there. So I think the way we win in Sumner County is to be proud of who we are. Um, you know, we don't need to vote in a Republican primary. We need to vote in our Democratic primaries, and we need to support our Democratic candidates. So in the future, Democrats will see there is a viable path forward for them to run as a Democrat and be elected. So um, I say pull that Democratic ballot every single time, even if it's blank, even if it's empty. When you pull that Democratic ballot in the primary, you're casting a vote for this party and you're showing someone in the future that there's a democrat who would vote for them if they ran in that district all right okay so vote your values vote your values absolutely okay so well we're fed up we've had enough we want our county back we want our state back we want representatives that actually represent all of us not just a percentage of 14 and a half percent whatever that (laughs) is um what can we do What's the solution? How can we, uh, how can we 
make our voices heard. Yes. So number one, vote every election, every time. As I mentioned, pull that Democratic ballot, even if it's empty in those primaries. So getting out and exercising your right to vote is the absolute most important thing to do. And if there's no one on the ballot that represents your values, you can leave it blank or you can write somebody in. So don't feel forced to vote for someone just because they're the only name on the ballot. And then the next thing is to make sure that your elected officials hear from you. They may think that they're representing the majority of their constituents, or they may think that everyone in their district thinks just like them if they don't hear opposition. Mm -hmm. If they don't hear from mm -hmm. us that we're not happy with what they're doing, how will they know? So um, you need to be in constant communication with your elected officials, whether that's at the state level or whether that's at the county commission. And it can be difficult to follow all of what's happening, um, especially in the state house. So I like to rely on some advocacy groups that I know advocate for issues that are important to me. So for instance, um, if you're interested in gun safety, Moms Demand Action is a great organization to follow. Um, and they will give updates on different gun bills that are going through. Um, the Tennessee Equality Project is a great organization to follow if LGBTQ rights are important to you. Again, they'll keep updates on what bills are going through and who you should call or who you should email to let them know and voice your opinion that way. So, um, you know, and then of course, get involved with your local county party. All right. All right, thank you, Jesse. And if someone was interested in getting involved in the local county Democratic Party, how might they do that? How might they reach out to you? Yes, sumnerdems.org is our website. You can check out our website. You can sign up to join our email list. And we're also on Facebook at the Sumner County Democratic Party. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jesse. And thank you, listeners. Uh, we have reached the end of our hour. It is the end of another hour of the loyal opposition. Stay tuned for Triple Play Sports coming up next on WQKR. We will see you next week.
Oh, yeah.